Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. I hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great day, great evening, great weekend. You know, just hope things are going good whenever you're listening to this. Uh, I wanted to start off first and just thank everyone for the uh, for the response, the the people that reached out after the past few episodes that uh, I that I had released. Um, I've uh, heard some great things, and I just want to uh, say that I really appreciate all the feedback. It's been a pleasure having, you know, Jacques on to uh, talk about what he was doing, having Jackie on to review Revolution, having Sean on and having Damon on earlier. I mean, it's been a, a steady, steady string just of uh, some fantastic guests, having Jackson on just to talk about mental health. Just want to thank everyone for the kind words with in regards to all those episodes that have come out in the past uh, month and a bit. I truly appreciate all the great feedback that I've heard and just all the kind words. So thank you so much for that. This week, another fantastic episode. Like usual, always fantastic episodes. It's a running theme here. Um, this week, I'm joined by Jack Pride. Uh, Jack, you may be familiar with. He wrestled with uh, PCW. He's wrestled a few times there. Wrestled with WPW, RCW out in Alberta, and uh, PWA. Uh, recently wrestling for the PWA Battle in the Dome that they had after a Calgary Hitman game, uh, PWA had a, a few matches in the Saddle Dome. So that was, that was huge. So Jack joins me. We talk about his beginnings and we get into a whole bunch of wrestling related stuff. His time wrestling for PCW, some of the matches he was a part of. And I mean, we just talk wrestling. So without further ado on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, Jack Pride. Now for yourself, where did your love for wrestling begin? Uh, for me, my love of wrestling uh i couldn't even tell you an exact age it's because like from day one as soon as i have memories wrestling has been a part of my life in one way or another Mm -hmm. um i used to there's pictures of me i used to watch with uh my grandma all the time and there's pictures of me like in a playpen (laughs) totally fixated on the tv watching wrestling and yeah i used to like every, like at least once a week, I would be at grandma's house because we'd be watching wrestling, whether it was WWE, w, WWF then, uh, mm-hmm. or WCW. Um, grandma and me, we were more, we were more on the WCW side. Uh, she was a huge Hulk Hogan fan, mm-hmm. who I am just not. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> so she liked WCW. So that meant I liked WCW. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I have so many more memories when I was younger of just like people talk about stuff that was going on in the WWE. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't even remember that because we were just like, so more often than not, we were watching WCW stuff. It's uh, I, I'm always amazed because I was the same way. Like my grandparents were big wrestling fans. I remember you know, getting into it with them. And a lot of people I've talked to, it's a lot of the grandparents. And it was that generation that sort of introduced wrestling to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when you were watching, I mean, who stood out to you? You know, who were your favorites? Uh, 
again, for as long as I can remember from the first time I saw him, I've been a Chris Jericho fan mm-hmm. just since, yeah, first time I saw him in WCW. Like, I was definitely, as a kid, drawn more to generally the cruiserweights. Mm-hmm. And then if anyone had, like, a supernatural-type gimmick. So I liked The Undertaker when I was younger. But in WCW, they had the Dungeon of Doom uh, stable run yeah. by Kevin Sullivan. And <laughs> so I was a big fan of them just because it was like weird and not, you know, no, quote unquote normal. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so like between that and the cruiserweights, that was what I was paying attention to the most. I mean, the Dungeon of Doom will always stand out to me just because of some of the like outlandish stuff, like having the. <laughs> uh, you know, John Tenta's character at the time. I, I want to say it was the shark, but I can't remember. You know, having yeah, I him think it in was there. like shark, and then they had uh what was his name? Um oh Brutus Barber Beefcake was the Zodiac, and he was yeah. painted all like white and black swirls, and <laughs> Vader was in there for a bit, and uh that's that's actually where uh the giant uh big show mm-hmm. that's where he got introduced, so I have to mention this only because you brought up Brutus's name is because uh, in a, a group chat I'm a part of, we we're talking about our like old school fan favorite Mount Rushmore. So I'm like, okay, you know, like I'm listing off. It's like I had a uh, macho man, Austin rock. And then I was like, Brutus beefcake. And everyone's like, <laughs> why Brutus? And I was like, first wrestling memory was Brutus beefcake, getting his forehead sliced open by outlaw Ron Bass. Watch it with my grandparents always stuck with me They're like okay that makes sense but yeah <laughs> otherwise that's a pretty off the wall pick <laughs> oh without a doubt <laughs> now i mean you you stayed a fan all through growing up i take it oh yeah uh there was it's so crazy thing uh i was always a wrestling fan but there was a point in time where my mom decided i wasn't allowed to watch wrestling mm-hmm. uh Kind of like, shouldn't say like, it was very blatantly because like right at the start of the Attitude Era, mm-hmm. um, it was one of the gimmicks, one of the feuds Goldust was in, like they were like really pushing lines and not with like the, the androgynous stuff. Like, I don't know, she was like, I don't it was some weird angle where like people were wondering if like someone was getting like sexually assaulted or something like that. Like it was pretty like, really pushing that line mm-hmm. and my mom rarely ever watched wrestling with me and the one time she chose to that's what she saw <laughs> so she's just like nope that's it mm-hmm. so i missed most of the attitude era mm-hmm. i mean there there was some big things you missed but then there was a lot of garbage that you're very lucky to have missed so <laughs> <laughs> um at what point are you thinking to yourself that I want to become a wrestler. Uh, that was one kind of always as a kid. Uh, people would ask what you want to be. And like one of my answers was like more often than not was oh, professional wrestler because I'd seen guys like Chris Jericho and uh, Rey Mysterio and they didn't have to be these huge mountain, like huge guys. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, no secret I'm not a massive human being and I kind of always knew that I wasn't going to get to be that size so oh man I got rambling there um 
yeah so like that was kind of the draw that like I could be a wrestler mm-hmm. and so I then joined the, like when I got old enough I joined the high school wrestling team okay because I was like well I don't know how to get into pro wrestling so I'm gonna do something wrestling mm-hmm. uh, so I wrestled all through high school and then graduated and it was a, like a year maybe two years after ran into an old buddy uh, from the high school wrestling team and he was like hey I'm I'm going to a wrestling show tomorrow like do you want to come with me and I was like oh like he means like the high school wrestling we would do like he's going to a meet and he just wants like because I like because we had wrestled together so I was thinking like oh yeah he wants me to like sort of coach him okay cool yeah so I agreed to it and we go and it's totally uh it was I think it was in I want to say Morinville. Uh, it was just like we drove to a bar and mm-hmm. then there was a wrestling ring set up. And I was like, oh, man, you meant this. <laughs> <clears throat> and I was super stoked mm-hmm. and <laughs> super stoked to be there. And so I got to like really like blatant, like here's behind the curtain. And someone on the show ended up getting hurt before the show started and they were scrambling for somebody to fill the spot and no one was close to Morinville than anyone knew. So the guy that I had dr- driven up with was like, well, he wrestled in high school. We can just teach him a few things. He'll be good enough to go. Uh, so we tried that and it wasn't good, <laughs> but <laughs> like, oh, it was 0% good. There was nothing redeemable about it other than it was enough to be like, oh, okay, I actually like, here was an opportunity to take this. I wouldn't have got this if all these weird dominoes hadn't have fallen. Mm-hmm. So clearly I should run with this now. Yeah. So, I mean, that happens. And then you're like, that kickstarts it being like, okay, I'm going to go and get into wrestling. What was your next step after that? Uh, so next step after that was the... Uh, the promotion that my buddy was working with, I just started working shows with them and he would kind of like train me uh, okay. either before shows or uh, because we both lived in the same town. Mm-hmm. We, instead of going to the gym, he'd be like, well, let's go somewhere and I can kind of teach you like grappling a little bit more like in a professional wrestling sense. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, uh and his like his level of education in pro wrestling wasn't huge so it was mm-hmm. a little bit of blind leading the blind but it was enough and then working those shows it was enough to keep me kind of close mm-hmm. and then i ended up having to so i did that for about a year i uh, ended up having to be, like jumped into the oil field needed to go make some money so i took ended up being what was it? I want to say like three or four years off mm-hmm. and then got back into it with the same buddy. And then from there got actual, like some formal training. Um, <clears throat> Cause I'm from Red Deer. So I would drive to Edmonton, uh, get trained at, with MPW. Okay. And that was my first taste of like formal training uh, because we, so at that point in time, that same buddy had started a wrestling company in Red Deer. 
uh, called the Canadian Wrestling Coalition. Okay. And basically because some of the, like none of the other promoters would give any of us the time of day. There's about six of us. Uh, so he was like, well, we're just kind of, <clears throat> we're going to do our own thing then. Mm-hmm. But we could, we knew enough people that we could kind of get in, get training other places. And so through CWC, I was able to like build kind of a name for myself, a bit of a reputation mm-hmm. enough that other people would start to give me a look that I wasn't getting before. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was looking up some of your matches and that I'm, I see CWC and I'm like, you know, I, I like to think I'm fairly familiar with a lot of the promotions out West. I'm like CWC. I had never heard of this before. So, I mean, that starts to, you know, it makes it a little bit, makes more sense with that. So. Yeah. And the thing with CWC is it was, this wonderful blip on the Alberta uh, wrestling scene. I shouldn't mm-hmm. say blip. It was four years mm-hmm. uh, where we came in and we, we took basically nothing and turned it into like we were doing, we were booking festival hall in Red Deer and our shows would have between three and 400 people okay. with, with no huge names on the show. Mm-hmm other than our names because we built really good stories and we can like, it was compelling enough that our audience came back and it grew. And like I said, it went for four years and then buddy who was running it was just tired of it. He didn't want to be a promoter. He was getting uh, promotions at his job. So his time was so divvied up and something had to give. Mm -hmm. And so he ended up selling CWC uh, to RCW. Okay. And so they kind of, uh, amalgamated a little art, like RCW took it over, took over, like some of the guys went and worked there, stayed there full time. And so mm-hmm. just kind of, and then they took over some of the, like the Red Deer venue. Um, but yeah, so like for that, for like, but if it wasn't for CWC, like the first two years, that's basically the only wrestling I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that second year, I was starting to make enough of a name for myself that the promoters that weren't giving like most of us looks at all were like, oh, paying attention. Yeah. And then I went and started working at RCW. And so over the course of that, I was working CWC, RCW shows. Uh, I was coming out uh, at that time. I was doing... A, random shows in Saskatchewan and that's Mm -hmm. uh you mentioned the um before the podcast uh that the first time you saw me was PCW yeah so that was at that same time okay so I was like trying to be as super busy at that time as I could uh just because like that's that's what wrestlers do you're supposed to be like grinding like making your name um but yeah, like I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have had any of those opportunities. You wouldn't have seen me at like, you likely wouldn't have seen me at PCW. Saskatchewan might not have seen me. I might not have gone anywhere that I've gone if the small handful of guys were like, no one's looking at us. We need to do something about it. And we did something about it. Mm-hmm. And like, so that for that four years, anyone who was part of CWC, like it was something special. Yeah, I, I, I think there's something really incredible, just the fact that none of you guys are getting looks. It's like, you know what, 
we're just going to start our own promotion, do our own thing and just have fun with it. You had, you know, storylines people were invested in. You had great action. You had, you know, hundreds of fans coming out to watch you where, you know, there's some shows where you're getting a handful of people there and that's it. So that really says something about the product everyone was putting on there. Yeah. Like that was, it was a, it was a communal labor of love. The Mm -hmm. CWC, like we all, we were like, we basically all had chips on our shoulders at that point in time when it first started, like no one's looking at us. So we got to prove that we can be as good or better. Um, Cause they would say, and like, they were saying things about us at the time, like, Oh, they're just backyard. They don't know what they were doing. Uh, which for some of us at the time was kind of true. And that's mm-hmm. why we went and we sought out training. Cause it's like, okay, if we're doing our own thing and we don't want to get laughed at, cause we didn't, we were taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Well, was involved in everything they could to get there so that we could like yeah just basically look through everyone wrong at that point in time you're going across uh you know western canada pretty much alberta saskatchewan manitoba and i was looking you were doing shows you know two three four shows a weekend almost you were incredibly active in 2019 yeah i like that was it was my, my goal that I had with myself, I didn't really share it with too many people, was to be able to say that I was the busiest wrestler in, like, in Alberta, like where I was from. Like I just, I wanted to be as busy as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. So I, I almost, like the only reason I ever turned down shows would be if they overlapped. Otherwise I was saying yes to everything. Were there any shows during that time that really stood out to you as some like ones that, you know, very memorable, or I don't want to say favorite because then it, you know, might lessen impact of others, but just ones that stand out to you. Oh man. Um, I don't know about like specific shows, um, but there's like, I have a few matches uh, in that stint when I was super busy that uh, really stand out. Uh, for me, uh, one actually was from PCW. Um, the I think it was my second time there. Um, well, uh, they'd had me out a few times, but uh, when oh my god, I'm the worst wrestler ever. Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, their heavyweight champion, uh, Antonio Scorpio. That's the one. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so. Uh, after, I think it was after my first match out there, uh, I was there, ended up working two matches my very first night, actually. So there's two of that really stand out. My first night at PCW, mm-hmm. uh, I ended up working two matches that night, mm-hmm. uh, because I was supposed to drive up with another guy. He couldn't make it like last minute. And so I, I was just like, well, uh, I told you I was bringing a guy. I didn't bring a guy, so <laughs> I will just take his spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then they reworked the card. So I worked two matches that night, uh, and I think it was off that that uh, Antonio Scorpio I had heard he asked to work with me, okay. and I ended up working uh, two or three matches with him back to back. My next uh, few outings there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like that kind of all combined in that run. That's a really memorable thing to me. Um, I don't know, like to have their top guy asking to work with me. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was kind of like I, I 
I kept that to myself as like, that was a point of pride for me that he you know, would ask for that. And I had a great time working with him. He was really, really easy to work with. He was like really open to it, like just solid guy in the ring, out of the ring. Couldn't say enough good things. Mm-hmm. Um, probably two other matches that really stand out uh, in that run to me were two with CWC. Um, one was with Dylan Stone. Uh, it was for the Alberta Championship. We had been running a feud, him and I, for the better part of like probably about six months. Uh, and this was the big, like, big culmination match. Uh, I had my faction. They were banned from ringside, so it was I was all on my own. Uh, <clears throat> and that was kind of like the question, like, oh, Pride can't get the job done without his cronies. Uh, so we had this. The, Awesome matches, probably my favorite match all time, my whole career. Mm-hmm. Uh, like 30, man, that was my first match that went over 30 minutes. So it was like they got a bunch of a uh, bunch of things that I really like about that one. But just going back and rewatching the story we told in that match was just uh, like it. I get goosebumps every time I watch that match back. It just like it's one of those ones for me. And then. The one other one was shortly after that. I was in. I had started a feud with Lumberjack Larry, mm-hmm. and I was the Alberta champion. I had bested Dylan Stone in our big blow-off match. Uh, Larry was coming for my title, and we had uh, <laughs> the finish of the match came. I had been cheating the whole time. I had pissed off Big Ben, the ref. Uh, he was getting mad at me and there's what I was in his face. He's yelling and he finally had enough and he pushed me, uh, tripped over Larry, Larry pinned me one, two, three, uh, <clears throat> wins the Alberta championship. The crowd blows up for him. Like I, I, the, the non, the fan in me was like really happy to hear that. Like they, the, see like the crowd just, they blew up immediately. Like we did a really good job building to that moment Mm -hmm. uh but then pride being who he was at the time uh went and talked to the powers that be and because the referee had put his hands on me that should have been a disqualification Mm -hmm. so lumberjack had to give me back my alberta championship and wow did the crowd hate that and so like the for that one just the way we built that so well uh where they popped really huge when he won and then i took it all away and they booed me out of the building when i got the title back it was just like one of those moments for me that just like uh, it fell together perfectly as i've like the vibe i get from seeing you in the ring and even just talking to you now is you take a lot of pride in getting the crowd to boo you and you know show their displeasure towards you yeah Oh, oh absolutely like jack pride as a face is fun who doesn't like getting cheered mm-hmm. but when i get to be generally it's just pride when it's when i'm i'm a heel but uh, there's just cheering's nice but when people you can feel their dislike or their hatred for you mm-hmm. as they're booing you as they're yelling at you uh, there is just something so sweet about that that i just i can't get enough of that and that stems back to when i was a kid always fan of the bad guys like mm-hmm. i almost never cheered for the good guy unless it was bret hart back then yeah 
so <clears throat> like it that's so my my taking joy in having people hate me that was that was just long time coming you had mentioned even back in CWC, the storytelling. And I, I feel like that's something that you take a lot of pride in as well is your ability to tell story and to go in depth with your character and all of that, because even stuff that you've shown uh, done online, you know, presented on there, it's uh, there's a big progression for Jack pride, just with, you know, storytelling, where do you take inspiration for uh, some of the stuff that you you're presenting to the fans? Uh <clears throat> For me, most of my inspiration, uh, it comes from like, it's little, uh, like I, I watch, watch a decent amount of like TV slash movies, read tons of comic books. Uh, I'm just, I'm always, uh, and even just like books themselves, but I'm always like consuming storytelling, like even outside of wrestling, Mm -hmm. a really good story. It just, it's captivating. So like really good movies, I'll get drawn in because I get really tied to the storytelling. And so I will take the things that I love from like the media that I consume. If I hear like that one perfect line that what I'll be like, oh man, that is so good. And I'll take that line. And I've done it where I take like uh, what seems like a throwaway line in a movie or a TV show and I've spun that just because I like the way it sounded mm-hmm. into a promo or the inspiration for a promo. Uh, a little bit of the inspiration for where Jack Pride is at now with the, the man of two minds. Um, that is a combination. Of, so my favorite movie of all time is Fight Club. Mm-hmm. And that's like one of the most famous split personality movies. Uh, so that's part of it. Uh, but if you've ever seen uh, Split with yes. James McAvoy, that character, I'm like, that's in a perfect world. That's where Jack Pride's headed. Like we're going to it's going to be more than two minds in there. But it, it's a it's a lot juggling being the man of two minds. So we'll see if I go any further with that or not. Oh, for sure. And I mean, it's I think it says a lot, especially with, you know, uh, independent wrestling, because there's there's a lot of promotions out there. There's a lot of wrestlers. So being able to show that creative side to yourself and have that, you know, being able to tell a story and not just be a wrestler. I think that says a lot and it really allows you to stand above others. Yeah. Like, well, they see, I always took it from the very start when I first started getting formal training, uh, they talk about building a match and like, Oh, you're telling a story. What's the story of this match. Mm-hmm. And so I just took that and I ran with it. Cause it's like, well, if you're storytelling in the match and you're building angles and feuds, wouldn't really good cohesive storytelling make those better. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm by no means am I perfect at it, but I always try with my stuff. And I really got the chance to in CWC because we were the run- ones running it compared to promotions where I'm at now, like I have to work with the promoter. And so there's limits there, Mm -hmm. but I always try and make it at least in my mind as close to a movie, as far as how the story gets told Mm -hmm. or like something like, I don't want to, like, I don't want my stuff to be just like, Oh yeah, that's just a wrestling storyline. You know, like some of the, the tired tropes that they work, but it's, it's a wrestling storyline. So like, even if I've got to do that, like I want to dress it up 
as mm-hmm. much as I can and hide the fact that it's just a wrestling storyline. And like, let's make this as big as it can be. Let's take the audience through twists and turns because once you can hook them and they, they come through the twists and turns, that's when you've got them. That's when it's like, now the real fun can start mm-hmm. because they're, they're biting into these characters, into this story. So if I'm the bad guy and they're biting on it, well, now when I do dastardly things, they're really going to let me have it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want. And so when I, when they're giving me the gears, cause I'm doing these horrible things. Well, when the good guy punches me in the face or hits that move on me or puts me in my place, well, holy hell, they're going to come out of their seats for that guy. Like mm-hmm. if you don't have like ret- to me and it's always just been, like I said, from the start, like wrestling is all about storytelling and that's how you like for me that's how it has to be i don't like throwaway stuff it's got to mean something i think uh, especially with you know storytelling you know you can have that the the basic you know this the standard wrestling storyline trope but you mentioned you know dressing it up and you know having those twists and turns and when you do that like you have the basic one the fans will be watching they'll be into it because they like wrestling when you start adding those twists and turns and they start getting invested now they're putting more of themselves out there into it as well and you're a lot you can feed off of that and then they're going to feed back and there's more emotion going and it really does a whole lot more for the story in general yeah absolutely and i for me that like i also when i put my wrestling together i'm putting it together for me as a fan mm-hmm. what would i like as a fan and i think sometimes people can kind of get lost a little bit in trying to please others mm-hmm. so i've tried to just like sim- and it might be the right way to do it it might not be the right way to do it but it's the way i kind of do it it's like i'm not trying to please everybody i just want to make if i can make the fan in me happy with what I'm doing. I'm pretty sure other people are going to be happy with what I'm doing. Definitely. And that's, yeah. Like it's one of those things. Like if you worry about pleasing a hundred people, you're going to please nobody. Mm-hmm. But if you worry about pleasing one person, you're probably going to succeed at that. So mm-hmm. I'm pleasing fan me and it's probably going to bleed off in everyone else. You had mentioned your match with uh, Antonio Scorpio. Uh, that was one I was going to bring up. You know, I've been uh, lucky enough to see, I think, most of your matches in PCW. Uh, one of the other ones that stood out to me was um, you, and I want to say it was seven, um, when I, you know, looked off of the PCW site back in the day. That's, I think, the name that they had up there for him against the London dynasty. Yeah. That match from beginning to end will stand out to me as one of my favorite matches I've seen live. I think it's absolutely incredible from the beginning to end. You all told an incredible story and just the overall feel and vibe for the match was fantastic. Oh, thank you, man. That was, yeah. So the guy that I tagged with, uh, he was, we named him Wrath for the night. That was another one of those uh, situations where behind the scenes had a guy lined up fell through, had to find a guy last minute. Uh, But that match was super fun. Uh, Leo asked me, uh, like him and I were talking, he's like, man, I want to do really big match, but I want to make sure that it's going to be good. And so he had asked, like, do you want to come out? Uh, And he told me, 
kind of his idea for his stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I, I'm absolutely here for that because that was his first, that was the big uh, MCR entrance. That was the one, like there was, he was confident in it from the start and kudos to him mm-hmm. because just about everybody else backstage for even at least a second or one comment, weren't sure the crowd was going to be into it. And, but Leo was convinced. He's like, nope, this is going to work. This is going to work. And they were all painted up and they were all dressed up. And I was, I was into it. Like mm-hmm. me as a fan, totally into it. I still wasn't completely sure it was going to work. And then when it did, that was another one of those moments. Like I was me, the human being was like, oh man, I am so stoked for Leo right now. Cause I have to imagine, like, I can only imagine how happy he is that everyone is into this entrance and kind of off that i like, I feel like he was in such a good mood. He was because of that and like everything, like we all just, uh, everything gelled so mm-hmm. well. And it just like uh, working with Leo and his brother, like the London's they're just tremendous. I, <clears throat> again, uh, two of my favorite guys to work with uh, really easy to work with. I don't come out of the ring feeling like I just got hit by a car. So that's nice too. <laughs> um, but Leo is another one of those ones. He likes to tell stories too. So it's very easy uh, to work with guys that are like-minded that way. So mm-hmm. yeah, that match was, that's another, like there are so many good matches during that like run that I was having that it's, because I absolutely should have mentioned that one because like Leo's entrance, the entrance they had that night was so big. Like that was awesome. Um, like you've been going, you've been wrestling for a while. I mean, looking back from when you, the first time you stepped into the ring, that ill-fated show, you know, your first one ever, what are some of the biggest changes that you've noticed as a wrestler from then until now? Uh, just like in like, changes in what way uh just things that you've come across things you know whether it's you know uh almost improvements so to say you know because i know even back then i mean things may be different than how they are now so if you've noticed any positive changes or i mean if there's negative ones by all means bring them up (laughs) yeah no uh definitely notice positive changes from like back when i very first started um oh man got in like we worked or tried to work a couple shows and just guys on other rosters are far more welcoming now of new guys than it was when I very, very, very first started. Like, like going into a foreign locker room was just like, you were immediately, everyone was looking at you. What are you doing in our locker room is kind of the sense that was there. That could also been like, you don't know what you're doing. You just like, <laughs> you've barely been doing this. So what are you doing? So I could be twisting those together, but I feel like just in general, locker rooms are a little more inviting uh, now. Um, I remember once upon a time, things were super clicky in certain locker rooms. Like you'd only talk to your people and, you know, kind of like that. And that's, that's kind of gone to the wayside now. It's just kind of like, we're all there to wrestle. So that's really nice. Uh, that's been a nice, really welcome change. Cause there's nothing worse than going into going anywhere and just be like, cool. So I'm just going to sit here. Cause you're all like, everyone's off in their little bands of people. And it's just, everyone's on pins and needles. Like you don't need that. It's it, just, 
it has to make it easier too for someone like yourself who's you know willing to travel out of province you know if you're going to drive the 12 hours to manitoba you don't want to be sitting in a locker room by yourself you know you want to at least be able to have that camaraderie and be able to talk and develop friendships yeah and actually uh of all the locker rooms that i've gone into for the very first time the most welcoming was uh, like i'm not just saying this because it whatever but like legitimately pcw was the most uh andrew is one of the he like probably my favorite promoter to work with he's the been the easiest promoter to work with uh he's he's just a solid dude like i have no bad things to say about any of my experiences with pcw because they were just like they were the first promotion that like really for me opened my eyes that like oh hey you can have a whole roster that's like completely in this to just have fun. Like, <clears throat> like I should first roster for me outside of CWC, because that's like, that was our gimmick. So like seeing it in PCW also was like, Oh, cool. So like, it's not just happening. Like other people are wanting to have it be this way too. And yeah, I, I think that's just, it's because, you go into a locker room, everyone's there for the same reason. We all want to wrestle. We all want to have a good show. We all want to make a little bit of money and we all want to go home. Mm -hmm. So let's just make that the best experience for everybody. Let's not make anything needlessly difficult for anyone. And let's just all go do that. And that's kind of seems to be the general mentality in most locker rooms now. So mm -hmm. now, I mean, this will be airing in a few weeks time, but coming up this weekend, I mean, you're going to be wrestling for RCW against uh, Mark's the specialist. What are your feelings heading into that? Because I know it's, you know, I think your first official match in a while. Yeah. It's going to be my first official singles match in over two years. Mm -hmm. uh, so there are a lot of, there is some apprehension. Uh, I did. I recently did the RCW's uh, Battleground Rumble, so that kind of like knocked a bit of the rust off. And I was like, okay, I do kind of remember how to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is just so that was kind of like dipping my foot into the pool. Well, this is now I'm in. Like uh, this match, there's no there's no rumble to hide behind. Either I know how to wrestle still, or I don't. Mm -hmm. And spoiler alert, I'm. I'm going to do well, uh, but, uh, but there's definitely, there's definitely apprehension going into that because I can have all the confidence in the world, but until you're doing the thing and you're in there and you're actually doing it, there's still questions. Mm -hmm. And so that's, this match is going to answer a lot of questions for me. Um, but at the same time, like I'm really looking forward to it because it's been two years since I've had a singles match and now there's no rumble to get in to hide behind. And what I mean by that is like the rumble was hiding me. Mm -hmm. I wanted the spotlight, but there was so much going on that it wasn't going to happen by virtue of the type of match. Mm -hmm. So now this singles match, I'm going to get what I want and is the fans adulation or their hatred. We'll see, but all eyes back on me. And that's, that's part of what this is about. Like uh, I just, I love that feeling of being in the ring, having the crowd cheering me or hating me. Like they're just, it's intoxicating. 
And then to be against somebody like uh, the specialist, uh, I've, he's one of the few people that I've kind of paid attention to <laughs> over the last, uh, since I've been wrestling or since I've not been wrestling. And even just kind of how I've seen from his first day in RCW to now, like this kid's really good. So I'm, I'm just excited from just a pure wrestling set, like uh, wrestling viewpoint, like how well are we going to mesh? How well is this match going to go? Like, is this kid going to like likely give me a run for my money? Like I'm excited by all that stuff. Um, I, I've missed doing that over this last couple of years. So there's just for as much apprehension and potential negativity, there is as much and definitely more of the excitement and like the positive, like all the right reasons why I want to be wrestling. It's just like, so I'm riding this weird emotional wave right now. It's got to be a lot to take in. I mean, with all the emotions running through you, I mean, you got the highs and lows and all the feelings coming out. I mean, it should be a fantastic match. And I mean, I'm, I'm very stoked for, I'm very stoked for you to get back in there. Ah, thanks man. I appreciate that. So, the uh, the one other one that I, I would be amiss if I did not bring up because this is I, I'm very, very pumped for what Spencer is doing out out west. Uh, LPW2 don't want to grow up March 25th in Edmonton. You are going to be a part of that show facing off against Mojabari and Lumberjack Larry. Uh, you've you faced both of them before. Now, I mean, it's it's a loaded show. There's yourself. There's uh, Travis Williams, Sean Moore, uh, Taryn from Accounting, Artemis Spencer. I mean, it is it is a stacked show. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, that's uh, there's a lot of excitement for that one too. The last, especially because the last show, uh, Pride made an appearance, and Colton Kelly caught a fireball in the face. We were hoping something might have come of that, but it was not necessarily to be at this time. Uh, couldn't be more excited to get back into the ring with the Lumberjack, though. Mm-hmm. As we said before, uh, <clears throat> there's some history with the Lumberjack, and it, it's been a minute since we've been in the ring together. We really enjoy working with him, but also kind of really enjoy punching him in the face sometimes. So there's... <laughs> There's a little bit of excitement there uh, mm-hmm. and wrestled with Mo before. Uh, he's a fantastic worker. And from what I can tell, he's only gotten better. Uh, so he's absolutely uh, someone worth paying attention to. Like the, this match, there's this is this match is going to be something you don't want to miss. I promise you. Now, I mean, you're you're getting back into things full bore in 2022. Um, what what's next for you? Is there you know places you want to go? Is there people you have your sights set on? What's next for Jack? Well, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't put over uh, March 5th. Uh, PWA is having their battle in the dome too. Uh, so after the Calgary Hitmen game on. I believe it's yeah Saturday March fifth. Um, once the game's over, we're gonna get a ring set up on the ice, and any fan, uh, from what I understand, any fan that bought tickets to the game has tickets to watch the wrestling. Uh, we did it last year, and there's about a thousand people I think stayed in the stands. 
So fingers crossed, more stick around. Um, but definitely wrestling on that show. Uh, so really looking forward to that one, actually. Uh, outside of that, I mean, there's... I've been away from wrestling for two years. There is so much that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot, there's a bunch of new faces. Um, I want to like, I've been watching uh, here and there bits and pieces and who's gotten good, who like, there's just, there's so much going on, even in just RCW right now mm-hmm. that my excitement could be filled for the, the rest of the year on top of the like right before the lockdowns came and shut down everything uh, and kind of that's that's what halted my like my wrestling like I was super busy and then lockdowns came and that shut that down mm-hmm. uh, so at some point this year uh, so the lockdowns I'd been booked to wrestle in BC finally I'd been waiting to crack into BC so damn bad finally did lockdowns. So in 2022, I would hope that I would get, uh, I'm hoping to get booked back into BC mm-hmm. um, sometime this year because yeah, that's, that's the last one. I can't say I've wrestled all across Western Canada if I don't wrestle in BC and I definitely want to be able to say that. So got to knock BC off the list. That's fair. And I, hopefully that comes through for you because I mean, there's quite a few uh, good promotions out in BC that are running shows. So it's just a matter of them uh, recognizing your greatness and bringing you out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would, uh, it would make me so happy. <laughs> okay. I got, uh, oh. I got, oh, go ahead. sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I've got, I've got a, like, I've got a bunch of friends out in BC that I have hyped up so bad for that show like yeah i'm finally coming that's the one you guys make sure you get the time off everything so i got a bunch of fan like friends who were amped up to go see me that i have to make good on so i have like i have to do bc this year like it's it's my moral obligation <laughs> well i'm i'm keeping my fingers crossed because uh it, that'd be that'd be fu- that'd be fantastic for you uh, hopefully it comes <laughs> through um okay i got a few more for you then i'll let you go uh enjoy your evening and uh now i like to ask everyone or most people i like to bring this up um if there's anything that you could change about wrestling what are you going to change oh wow um i don't even know uh like so much like there's so much that has changed in the last little while that I wouldn't even know where to start. Do you like, you got, well, I guess the one thing, but it's kind of looks like it's, uh, it kind of looks like it is on the way out um, is just for whatever reason. uh, And it seems to be only in Alberta anymore. uh, Some of the promoters thought, we're working and even the workers were working under the one promotion. If you work for one promotion, you can't work for the other promotions. That's kind of one good thing that's come of the lockdowns and all the COVID nonsense was that everyone had to try and get work where they could. So everybody's been working for RCW, but the RCW promoters never really been a big stickler for like, if you work for me, you only work for me. Mm-hmm. So everybody's been kind of, open to work for everybody through Alberta 
And that's always been the one big kind of last thing to fall for Alberta is like workers should be able to work where they get booked. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's only an Alberta thing because I've worked in Saskatchewan. I've worked in Manitoba and I've talked to tons of people in BC. Everyone's free to work for whoever they want to work for. But in Alberta, something's been off, but it seems that that might've fallen down because I mean, before the, the lockdowns happened, I was a PWA wrestler only. So mm-hmm. that means Edmonton, Calgary, I could only be PWA. Well, I'm about to do Calgary and Edmonton for RCW. And then a week later do a PWA show in Calgary. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that wall is starting to fall down and we're going to start to be allowed to, if you can get booked somewhere, you can work a show there. So nope. that's, that's a big one because yeah, it's just kind of like guys want to work, but they get stuck. Shouldn't say stuck, but like they got with one promotion that maybe it's less busy and they want to work shows. So they want to go somewhere that's busier, but they also want to keep that spot. Like they should be allowed to, Yeah, you know, like, It'll, it will only increase eyes on the wrestler, on the promotions, if they're allowed to, you know, work other, other places, you know, like, because a fan could see them, might not see, like, I'll use it for an example, like, you come out to Winnipeg and wrestle for PCW, and, you know, if there's another, you know, oh, there's, you know, I, I'm starting a wrestling promotion, I should be wanting to bring you in, because if I bring you in, then, you know, there's going to be more eyes on you. I might be able to bring some of the PCW fans over, you know, and it's like, all you're doing is increasing wrestling as a whole for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, if a fan really loves a wrestler, there's a decent chance that they might pay to see them at both shows. Uh So that might, by letting that wrestler go wrestle somewhere else, they might bring a fan back with them. Uh So like it just, and then you get away because then, also noticed in Alberta, you have at one point you had RCW fans, you had MPW fans, you had PWA fans. Well, in my, uh, like I feel like it should just be wrestling fans, and you mm-hmm. go to whatever show you can make that night. Uh-huh. So hopefully, and it seems to be trending that way. That's where we're headed. Okay, uh, as a fan, as a wrestling fan, do you have any favorite matches that stand out to you that uh, go above and beyond? Okay, so my favorite match all time um, is not one people generally pick. Uh, I've had a lot of people like look at me sideways when I say it. So my favorite match all time is Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho at WrestleMania 19. Um, I have always, like I said, I've always been a Jericho fan, but I've also pretty much always been an HBK fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mentioned before that I missed most of the attitude era. Well, WrestleMania 19 was the first pay-per-view that I watched when I got back into wrestling. <clears throat> and so, uh, I had paid attention to the buildup to this match and the buildup to the match was that Shawn Michaels was going to, or sorry, that uh, Chris Jericho was going to be the next Shawn Michaels and he always emulated HBK and they told this tremendous story and it all the way and 
uh, it went through the Royal Rumble. Uh, and like, it was just like, it was this long, long form storytelling in wrestling, which almost never happens. Mm-hmm. And so the build on that match was like unreal. And so the story leading into the match, but then the match itself is one of like, to me, the story they told in the match and the way it was wrestled, like that to me was almost like a perfect match. Like I, I was fully like, that's another one. I can watch that match anytime and it'll give me goosebumps. Cause I'm just like, I remember all the investment I had as a fan leading up to that match. And it always comes back. And that, so the big finish to the match was Shawn Michaels caught Y2J in a roll up one, two, three. He outsmarted him cause he's HBK and he's been doing it longer. And they stayed in the ring after the match and some emotions are in there and they, they show Y2J and he's getting, it looks like he's almost crying and they build to this moment cause he had, he had idolized Sean. And so he got this match and this big emotional moment and the, looks like they're going to go to shake hands and Y2J, he hugs him. And there's this hug in the middle of the ring with Y2J and HBK. And then when everything is perfect and it is at the height of everything, he low blows HBK (laughs) and everyone turns on him. And I loved that so much. And so that finish, that match I mentioned earlier with Dylan Stone, Mm -hmm. We did the exact same thing. We built that match. Like I couldn't get it done. I caught him in the end. I pretty like with a roll up. It was beautiful. Go for a handshake. I hugged him. The fans there loved it. They're like, Oh, they're because we had used to be storyline friends that like they're, the friends are back together. Everything is good. And they're cheering and I low blowed them and they booed me out of the building. And so that, that whole match with Sean and Jericho, I tried to mimic that as much as I could with that match with Dylan Stone. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so getting like being able to incorporate that match into my wrestling, like that match has just been like, yeah, that match is my be all end all match. Perfect. I mean, you can't go wrong with those two in the ring together. I mean, they, they just put out magic. Oh yeah. Like the chemistry is just immediate. Mm-hmm. Now for people listening, where can they find you online, uh, social media or any of that stuff? If you want to plug it. Uh, if you want to find me online, uh, <clears throat> Jack pride has his own Facebook account. Feel free to add me there. Uh, or you can find Jack pride on Instagram, uh, at mind of Jack pride or that's what it is. Right. I got don't even know my internet handles. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. At mind of Jack pride on Instagram. Uh, I only have the two uh, found Twitter. Ugh. Twitter's just not a good place. So I got rid of that. That's fair. Jack. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you taking the time today. Oh, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate being here. Thank you so much to Jack Pride for joining me on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. I truly appreciate him taking the time out of his day to uh, sit down and talk wrestling and share his story so far. So thank you so much to him. And thank you for checking out the podcast. I truly appreciate it. I will say it every time. Thank you so much. 
Um, if it's your first time listening, you can uh, find me up on Twitter at GrainmakerPod. You can uh, find me up there. Email GrainmakerPodcast at gmail.com. You can send all your questions, comments, concerns, all that sort of stuff. Send it that way. And up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast, Google Podcast. If you could rate and review, that'd be great. Up on Facebook at Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Uh, updates only once in a while. Working on it. And up on YouTube, if you search Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, I've got an account up there. I'm trying to get in the habit of doing more on that, but it's tough, you know, coming up with uh, new stuff to put up there. But hopefully, I'll have a few things in the works. But uh, so that's all that. And also, um, t-shirts available. If you go to whatamaneuver.net, I think it is, and search Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, you can grab a shirt up on there. Um, you can uh, customize it, all that sort of stuff, get different types of shirts or whatever, hoodies, get a shirt for, uh, you know, your kid if you want. Um, go to Whatamaneuver, search Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Half of all of the profits that I make selling these shirts is going to be donated to Ray Winnipeg resource assistance for youth Winnipeg. It's a local nonprofit. So just know that your money is going somewhere good. Um, if you don't want to get off the website, I have placed an order with a local printing company to get shirts done up in house. Um, so you won't have to worry about exchange and all of that you know, shipping and that you can uh, reach out, contact me for details and uh, we can hook you up with a shirt and exact same thing. Half of the profits is going to Ray Winnipeg just to, uh, to help out and uh, to give back. So thanks again for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.